Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Woo, praise God. Give him praise in this place. Give him praise. Give him praise. I tell you what, uh, I tell you what, I, my, my mouth's known, been known to get me in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I, I tell you what, a lot of times, and especially during all the mess that's been going on over the past year, but even before that, teenage years, stuff like that, uh, my mouth has gotten me in an awful lot of trouble. A lot of times bit off more than I could chew. Uh, get you a good nap, Steve, get you a good nap. But here, 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 here's the thing, uh, I got to stand in there and I kind of got a little tickled, uh, you have to be careful when you say certain things to certain people. But you know what? I, just for some reason, I got, I got a little tickled. I said, you know what? We ought to just tell the devil that, uh, that j- just bring the fight on. See, because I don't know if he really understands what he's up against. Here's the thing. You know, he's got himself tricked because this, this boat here that we're in, this ship that we're in, he's gotten kind of confused. He's seen that it's battered. He's seen that it's beat up. And he thinks, oh, this is the time to go in for the kill. Well, if you want some, bring some, big boy. But remember this. Remember this, you're not fighting Ryan Christopher, you're fighting our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have already, you have already been defeated, praise God. Hey, listen here, we can just go on preaching about that ship, couldn't we? That anchor holds, praise God. The anchor holds, and I thank God that he does hold. I can tell you this, man, it has been a mess a mess of an election, a mess of a country right now. We've got people getting beat up all over the place. People can't even go to restaurants in certain big cities. Folks coming in, grabbing them, beating up and everything. And we've gotten ourselves down. We've gotten ourselves kind of down in the dumps a bit. And I sit around table after table, and we all kind of exchange ideas and exchange uh, not pleasantries, but, you know, our, our displeasure with what's going on. But I just want to tell you something, guys. I, you know, and it's an old saying. It's an old saying. But when you get to the end of your rope, you know, just tie a knot and hang on because I'm telling you God's about to do something I don't know what he's about to do in the electoral college I don't know what he's about to do across our this nation politically but I know what he's about to do spiritually because God's people are going to wake up I'm convinced they're going to wake up but here's the thing when you finally get to that point where you don't know where, where where the whole world thinks you ain't got anything left that's when we're talking about what we're talking about tonight I went over to the cemetery, uh, it's been uh, a week ago this past Friday, I went over to the cemetery because I saw Miss Joyce Holland, I know she's watching tonight, so hello Miss Joyce, and she was over there with, she was over there with her, her son, Chuck Holland. I saw him over there, I hadn't seen him in a while, so I ran over there, you know, and they were, they were standing over Mr. Charles's grave, and it's hard to believe that he's been passed away for two years, been hard, hard to believe it's been that, hard to believe it's been that long, you know, but, uh, but we stood there, we were talking, and we were having a good time, and I said, Miss Joyce, who's this, who's this gravestone for? Who's this particular gravestone for? And she said this. She said, that's my younger brother. That's my younger brother. He died in 2014. It was there on the, it was there on the tombstone. He died in 2014, and, and, and he, was, he, he fought in Vietnam. He fought in Vietnam, and he was, he was well-decorated. He was in the Special Forces. He, he, had a, he had a bronze star. He had a purple heart. He had all of that. She, she got to bragging about her brother. She, she loved her brother so much. She said, but let me tell you a story about him. She said he was, he was, uh, he was shot, and he was wounded, and he was, he was left for dead. 
He was left for dead laying out there, and, 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 and they did something. Hey, let, let, me, let me tell you a little story, guys. I, you know, sometimes I have some stuff in here. I got a body bag tonight. Check that out. Hey, let me tell you the story behind this body bag. I called, uh, I called Bubba White up, and this is what I said on the phone. I said, Bubba, I need a body bag. He said, where do I need to meet you? <laughs> That's a friend right there, brother. <laughs> That's a friend right there. I said, man, I ain't ever going to forget you, man. You're my buddy. So anyway, he brought it tonight. But here, here's the thing. Hey, they had all of these soldiers. Now listen to me. They had all these soldiers laid out. They had them all in their body bags. And they had her brother in one. He was near death. He was near death. But he said, he said I, I'm still alive. He kept trying to tell him. He kept trying to tell him. Still alive. But he couldn't move. Still alive, still, still alive. Said what he did, said what he did. He couldn't move any, any part of his body. But somehow, some way, he started wiggling his toes. He started wiggling his toes. And those people got it looking. They got to looking. They, were, they, they always were trying to look to see if somebody had, if somebody had, if somebody's still alive. And they, and they kept walking by. There were body bags everywhere, everywhere. And they got walking by and they happened to notice that this bag got to, it was wiggling a little bit. It was wiggling a little bit. And, and, and they said, unzipped it. And they said, this man's still alive. He's still alive. Lived until 2014. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to be in Acts chapter 14. We're going to start with verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconium, they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia, and unto the region that lieth about. And there they preached the gospel. I'm going to skip forward now to verse 19. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city Supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, that we must that we must through much, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. You may be seated. Folks, here he was. Here was, here was Paul, the Paul, the guy we say is the second greatest Christian of all time, Jesus, then Paul, if we could be like Paul, if we could see miracles like Paul, if we could, if we could see people raised from the dead like Paul, if we could see people raised, uh, the, the lame walk and the blind see like Paul, if we could just be like Paul, understanding that Paul had been through so much, he had been through so much, and we talk about that last week a little bit about the shipwrecks and the robberies and the stonings and the beatings and all those things, but here he is, he's preaching the gospel. 
He's preaching the word of God. And then they keep telling, listen, you know, we're going we're gonna to give you a chance. We're thinking about, say, these folks are thinking about stoning you, so they get out of that city. They come into another city. They're going to preach. See, for the most part, folks, here's our problem. We can go out of those doors, and nobody so far, though they may one day, nobody so far has said they're going to stone us for preaching, but yet we do not do it. And we go outside those doors, and we just stay silent. Here was Paul who said, no matter what city I go into, I'm preaching the same gospel. And here he is, he, he, he goes in there and he said, the darkest of times, folks, I can promise you this, in the darkest of times, the stars are the brightest. The darkest of nights, you go outside and you can't believe how pitch dark it is, but you look up into the sky and if there are no clouds, those stars shine the brightest. And it's, and it's when that caterpillar, it's when that caterpillar thinks it's the end of the world that God thinks it's a butterfly. I'm telling you, folks, here we are. We're, we're, look, these bad times we're coming into right now, I can promise you this. What we got to do is show the world we're still alive. We got to show the world we're still alive. We got to show them that we still believe. We got to show them just like Paul did. We've got to show them that we still have life left in us just like Paul had done. Paul says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to finish this race. The first thing we see, and I've got to move quickly, but the first thing we see is this. The world believes, the world believes Here we go. The world believes that we've forgotten. Let me tell you something, folks. If ever there was a time in the world where we've forgotten that he's, he's with us, if there ever was a time that we've forgotten that he has our side, if there ever was a time that we've forgotten that he has our back, if there ever was a time, listen to me closely, it's now. I want to tell you something about this forgetfulness. The world thinks we've forgotten because we're not out there preaching this gospel. We're not out there. We're in here preaching the gospel, and that's wonderful, but we're not out there. He believes we've forgotten. This world says we have forgotten. Let me tell you about these guys. This, this, this old fellow, he went to his friend, and he said this, Mark, he said, he said, look, I, he said, we just went to a great restaurant last night. And his buddy said, which restaurant did you go to? Which restaurant did you go to? He said this. He said, he said I can't remember the name of that restaurant to save my life. He said, I tell you what, uh, what's the name of that flower? What's, what's the name of that flower that's red? He said, the carnation? He said, no, 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 no. He said, the one with the thorns, Sammy, the one with the thorns. He said, oh, a rose. He said, yeah, a rose. So he looks over at his wife and he says, Rose, what was the name of that restaurant? Folks, listen to me carefully. Listen, listen to me carefully. We keep forgetting that God is with us. We keep forgetting. We say, listen, oh, we're so down. We don't know if this is happening in the country. If that's happening in the country, I'm telling you, folks, whether or not we get persecuted, our job is to go out and preach the gospel. And so listen, listen, we got to show them. They said, oh, the church is dead. We don't have to worry about the church. That's because most of the churches in America, not all of them, not all of them, there are plenty of Bible-believing churches, but most of them in America right now are more worried about getting those people packed in there, more worried about those messages that make them happy about that instead of making them a little uncomfortable and saying people are dying and going to hell because we won't preach the gospel. All that we would say, all that we would just lie down and we say, listen, I'm still alive, God. I still got some life in me. I'm still going to wiggle my toes. I'm still going to, I still got something left in me. I'm still in this war, God. Y'all don't, don't put me up in the body bag. Don't bury me in the ground. I still got something to give. Oh, the Mountain View has something to give, praise God. In the middle of all this that we would say, we would remember how he's healed us. We would remember how he's helped us. We would remember all those things that he's done, and we've shown that we're not dead. The next thing is this. The world believes, the world believes we're apathetic. So wiggle your toes. Here's the thing, folks. I was reading an article about China, and we all know about China. Maybe you don't know this. China has several thousand hospitals, 
where they harvest human organs from political prisoners. They're lecturing us on human rights. <laughs> and they will take political prisoners and religious prisoners, not just Christians, but other religions too. And they can sell you a heart for $100,000. And there are Americans going there to get some of these surgeries done. You can get a kidney for $30,000. No problem. Over here, you may have to wait two years for a kidney. Over there, you can get one in two, two weeks. All you got to do is have the right money. You can go over there and do that. They showed a news program the other day. It was a video that was, it was, that was shown in, it was not shown in, uh, it was actually filmed in China. And it, had, it showed a man brutally beating his wife on the streets of a city. Brutally, brutally beating her. I mean beating her down. Ends up killing her. And there are people walking the streets right by him. And didn't want to get involved. Didn't want, don't want to get involved. Don't want to get involved. And they're just keeping their head down because they know that if they get involved, there's no telling what will happen to them. Is their parents, are they going to get sued? Are they going to get sent to court? Are they going to get sent to prison? So they just keep walking by while this woman's being beaten to death they show another video where a man gets hit by a car and they just keep riding along in their cars nobody gets out to help the man you say oh listen that's so terrible but how many times we drive to work while right up the road in atlanta or right up the road in griffin they're taking four steps to reaching inside of a human being and grabbing another human being and tear it to pieces we need not point our fingers at china how awful it is to harvest organs. But we're doing it right here in America from our babies. Selling body parts, folks. Selling body parts. All the missing. Hey, and the world doesn't worry about it. They're not worried about it. We are not going to get on our knees and pray with everything we got. You say, Ryan, I am. Well, you, friend, or a minority, when we're praying and praying and praying against this, they said Christians aren't going to do anything. Just make sure we stay out of their way. They're going to do their own thing. They got churches to build. They got buildings to build. They got people to get excited. They got people to tell that all these blessings are coming their way. They are not going to fight the fight anymore. They're not going to fight the good fight anymore. They are apathetic and they don't care. Oh, that China would be in the midst of this. We could say all that's happening, but it's happening right now. And right here in America, the story I heard recently about a, a man in New York who was looking out of his window and saw the very thing I was talking about. His, this girl was getting beat up by her boyfriend, but he didn't want to get involved. He said, if I gotten involved, I'm afraid something this would have happened or that would have happened. What would have happened with my family? What would have happened with this? And you just sit there as we watch a nation fall apart. And all we can say is, man, I sure hope this person gets in office. Or I sure hope this person gets in office. Oh, it's far deeper than that. It's far deeper than that. As much as I may want one person or another, it's far deeper than that. We've got to show them we're not dead yet. Somebody wiggle your toes. Somebody wiggle your legs. Say, I got life left in me, and I'm going to give it to God, and I'm going to worship Him, and I'm going to be on my knees, and I'm going to fight the good fight, and I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Don't zip me up. Don't put me in the ground. I still got life in me. Oh, folks, here's another thing. Not only do they believe we're apathetic, but they believe when politics has you crashed, that you're going to give up. When politics has you crushed, wiggle your toes. Let me tell you something. I heard not too long ago, a politician that had ran for president, he said this. He said, running for president is like sticking your face in a blade of a fan. He said, it's just, it's, just, it's just awful. He said, the things that come against you and the powers that come against you and the people and the media and everybody that comes against you, they come against you. He said, running for office is just like that. 
I told Sunday school this morning, I said, trying to pick a side in politics is, is like trying to, trying to find the clean side of a cow patty. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. It's a mess, folks, in this pot. And when it's got you crushed down like it does right now, it's got our people crushed down. You've got to wiggle your toes, folks. Look, well, look at the thing about Paul. Paul did not have the government that would help him. Paul had a government that said, you better not. Paul had not only had a government that said, you better not, he had a church that said, you better not. He, 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 all he had was this little faction of Christians. Because the church, the Jewish people, they said, ah, you better not preach that. The government said, you better not preach that. We got our own gods. You're starting to stir up trouble. You better not preach that. He didn't have a government. You say, Ryan, what happens if they tell us not to preach? We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep singing. We're going to keep praising the Lord. We're going to keep giving it to God. We're going to do everything we can. Folks, listen to me carefully. He didn't have religious liberty. We have religious liberty and still won't witness. We have religious liberty and we still won't tell a soul about it. We listen, that's their business, this is mine. That's their business, this is mine. No, no, friends, it's your business to tell every man, woman, boy, and girl about a man who can save them, and that's Jesus Christ. Hold oh, it, we look right here. When politics has me crushed, I gotta wiggle my toes. I got to tell them, listen, I still, listen, politics, politician, you may do what you want to do. You may say we can't meet here and we can't meet there and you got to do this. You got to jump through this hoop. You got to wear this, this hat and that hat or you got to wear this. I, I'm telling you right now, friends, let me tell you something. We're going to preach the word. Who shows up, shows up. Who gets saved, gets saved. We're not going to stop that in the midst of this when it has me fully down. Look, first century, first century. First century Christians said this. We said, oh, listen, we don't have to go through any tribulation. Let me tell you about first century Christians. They used to cry out, God, help me to get through this. Help me, help me to be able to bear the teeth of this lion that's about to tear me apart. See, you don't, need to be, you don't always need to be praying for deliverance. You need to be praying for strength to get through it. Strength to get through. God, please give me the strength to bear the teeth of these lions. Oh, and then you got the Renaissance, then you got the, 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 the Reformation Christians. The Reformation Christians said, please help me to be able to bear this fire as I stand against this, as this post and they burn me to death. Help me to be able to bear this fire to, and to make it through to your glory and to be with you soon. Oh, and then you got 20th century Christians who would cry out when the communists were coming to take them in Europe and they were putting them in prisons and torturing them. They said, Lord, please help us through. Oh, but then you got 21st century Christians who say, Lord, please bring me that brand new car. Please, please bring me that whole oh, just, oh, the, I serve a God who blesses, and I promise you I do. I don't have any qualms with, uh, quarrel with that. I can promise you this. He does bless you, but I'm going to tell you, sometimes that blessing is when I'm down to my last, my last dime that he comes through and he helps me. When I'm down to my last bit of energy, he comes through. When the world thinks I'm nothing but dead, he's the one that gives me the strength to wiggle my toes to say, I still got some life. I still got some life. I still got some fight in me. I still got some fight in me, and I won't stop here. Whole folks in the middle of it says, when politics has you crushed, you got to keep going. Well, you know what this world needs is more unemployed politicians. Amen? What it needs is more unemployed. You say, oh, the unemployment rate. It ought to be 100% unemployment for all these ridiculous folks. Right in the middle of this, oh, listen to this. When they mock us for our faith, we got to speak up and wiggle our toes. 
Let me tell you what he didn't have. Let me tell you what Paul didn't have. Paul didn't have a right to vote. He had a right to vote as a Roman citizen, but he didn't have a right to vote about his religious liberty. When they mock us, and they're going to mock you, and they're going to call it, listen, this is about to happen. This is already happening. It's happening in some churches. Oh, you ought not say that out there. You ought to be more considerate of their feelings. When you go out there and you tell them they're a sinner, when you tell them they're a sinner, you're, you're insulting them. And, you, and, and when you tell them they're wrong here, and when you tell them they're wrong there, it, 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 they don't want any part of that. They don't want to know that they're dirty. They don't want to know these things. Just tell them, tell them this and tell them that God's going to bless them. They're going to love them. Oh, and they're going to flock to him. Let me tell you something, friends. The only thing that finally got to me is I don't get to go to heaven like I am. I need Jesus Christ to cleanse me with his blood. I need to be born again. I need to know that Jesus Christ is going to be there and he's going to save my soul. Because folks, right now, right now, you take away Jesus. I'm the most wretched man you've ever seen in your life. If you take this away right in the middle of this and we say, listen, listen, when they mock you for your faith, when they come against you, oh, the world will mock you. It kills me. It kills me. These people are addicted to pills. They're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to, they're addicted to pornography. Addicted. And then they point their finger at me and they say, you ought not be saying those things. Because I'm addicted to Christ. You ought, not be, you ought not be saying those things. Oh, listen, they mock and they point their fingers. Oh, how preachers today, listen, listen, oh, it's so easy, it's so easy. Listen to me. Okay, I want you to get inside of my head for a minute. Johnny says, oh, no. I want you to get inside of my head for a minute. You know how easy it is? It's easy to preach when they're clapping. It ain't easy to preach when they're slapping. Charles Stanley tells a story when he first became pastor. First Baptist, Atlanta. He was in a battle. Some deacons wanted him, some didn't. It got so heated, he was standing up, he was sitting down to be voted for. He was sitting in a chair to be voted for. He was up in front of the church. A deacon got up, came up, and punched him across the face. It's easy to preach when they're clapping. It ain't easy when they're slapping. But let me tell you something about being in a preacher's head. There's something about this that is a drug. And the more that happens, the more they say, oh, I got to do a little more of that and a little less of what I was doing over here. But because you don't clap so much when we talk about what we got to change. We clap loud when we talk about what good God is going to do for us, and he will. So what we do is we say, I'm going to do a little more of that to get a little more dopamine in me. To get a little more good feeling inside of me. To get, hey, hey, they're going to mock you. And look here, Jesus had an opportunity. He was coming into Jerusalem, and they were, hey, Hosanna! Hosanna to the king! And God leaves coming down. But you know what? I don't think he had a smile on his face at all. I think he knew within days those same people would be calling for him to die. He was walking, he was coming in on that donkey. He was coming in there. Oh, listen, the parades are good, the ticker tape parades. Y'all remember those when the world would let you do a parade? You remember that? Oh, now they're canceling them all. Look, he can't do a parade. He can't do a parade. Might not even have, I heard him say on the TV, like, we might have to cancel Christmas. You cancel Christmas. Come to my house. I promise you there'll be more than six people in my house. We'll be opening, we'll be opening presents and praising God. I promise you that. Here, here, here's, here's the thing. Miss all this, he comes in, 
he gets one kind of parade. But the parade that matters is when he put that cross on his back. And they made him carry that cross through that crowd. And all of a sudden he went from clapping to slapping. And he put that on him. And he was already so weak. He had already lost so much blood. And as he came through there, there was a man standing right here holding his boy around the shoulder saying, that's that heretic, they're going to kill him today. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're, huh, why in the world, you're the king of kings, you're the king of the Jews, are you kidding me? What are you, the whole time he is going, these are the people he created, he created them, and all of a sudden, right in his face. Oh, that's the kind of preacher you want to be. Man, people spitting on you. Folks, when they mock you, when they mock you, you got to stop us for a minute and say, ah, I ain't dead yet. You got to wiggle your toes. You got to say, look, I'm not going to stop here. Listen, I don't have the greatest, I have the greatest message in the world. I may not have the greatest delivery. I may tell too many stories. I may do all this, whatever it may be. But I can promise you this. The only thing, the only thing I'm pointing to is Jesus Christ. In the midst of this. When they mock us for our faith, you've got to speak up and you've got to wiggle your toes. I promise you this, they're mocking now. They're mocking now. But you and I both know there'll be a day. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Hey, and when, he, when Jesus sends them to hell, because that's who's going to cast them into hell. When Jesus sends them to hell, here's the thing. Once they get to hell, they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you know what gnashing of teeth is? I said in the sermon not long ago, gnashing of teeth is not yelling and screaming. Gnashing of teeth is there's so much pain, you're going, oh! And you know, the devil's not going to be mocking them because the devil's going to be suffering too. I think they'll be mocking each other. As they hurt and as in their pain, they're yelling and screaming and pain and agony and burning, all these different things that they're yelling at each other, they're screaming, and they're all these different things that keep in circular motion all through hell. Here's the thing they will mock now, let them mock now, because there will be a day that they and themselves will be mocked. But let me promise you this Jesus wants you praying for them, He doesn't want to put anybody in hell. I told Sunday school this morning, and I say to this group every single week, I say to every single week, nobody can get saved in this room unless they're first an unbeliever in this room. Nobody gets saved unless they're unsaved. Do we have any visitors here tonight? If we do, just sit right where you are. Oh, we're all home folk. Good to see you. Praise God. Sure, we'd love to see some people saved. Sure, we'd love to see it. Guys, the only way we're ever going to see people get saved is if people who need to be saved are here. Or you're going out there and telling people about Jesus. That's the only way it's going to happen. Listen, listen, here's one thing. While they think Christianity is dead, show up and wiggle your toes. 
Too many times, look, too many times, they, 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 think that, they think that Christianity has died because Christianity's not speaking out. Christianity is not doing what it should. I, let me tell you something about this. Let me tell you something. They think Christianity's dead. Let me think about it. Let me tell you this. I got a little grandbaby, Willow. And I pray over her. I do. Amy and I pray over her every night. And then we, when we have her, we pray. And what I know is this. I said, Lord, I know she's going to encounter some garbage pictures. She's going to encounter words. She's going to encounter friends. She's going to encounter all this. And Lord, I'm just asking you somehow, some way, some way to protect them. Listen, listen, the world thinks, the world thinks you don't care because what they do is they have easy access to your children. They have easy access to you. They have easy access to your eyes. They have easy access to your brain. They know we don't care. They know we don't care. If I just have a babysitter for my kids, if I just put them in front of the TV or put them in front of the phone or put them in front of this, they know they have easy access. They believe Christianity is dead. Let me tell you what we need. We need some, I know they're all through the church. We need some paddles. We need some paddles. Some of those paddles. Theo, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some paddles to come up to us and say, we need Christianity to wake up. We need them to wake up. We need, listen, listen. We're carrying around, we're carrying around these body bags and we're like, oh, listen, I can tell this Christian's dead. So we go and we, we basically zip them up. They, they ain't going to ever be any good. Oh, listen, let's go over here. We can put them in the body bag too because they're dead. They're not serving. They're not loving. They're not helping. They're not witnessing. They're not anything. And so Jesus says, hey, just lay it out there because they're dead. But you know what I realize? I realize on the third day, he's the God of resurrection and he can resurrect us and give us life. He can give us life in the middle of this. While they think Christianity is dead, we've got to wiggle our toes. I'm not dead yet. When they try to stop us from preaching, we got to shore up and wiggle our toes. Let me go through this story of Paul real quick. Paul's told not to preach. He preaches anyway. Guys, for a moment, I want you to think about something. Stoning had to be one of the worst kinds of deaths. They said, we're done with you, Paul. And they had to pick up rocks like this and throw them at skulls because the thing was, knock them unconscious and then kill them. And here's what it says in the Word. It says they thought he was dead. I need you to picture just for a minute. I don't know how many of you watch boxing or MMA or anything like that, but listen to me. They think he's dead. He's barely breathing. He's been preaching. He's got whelps on him. His head is swollen. Listen to me. Have you, your kids ever fallen? You got a knot on their head and you're worried. And the nurse would say, hey, as long as the bump's coming out of the head and not going in the head, you're in good shape. Oh, listen, listen. He had whelps on him. He had bruises. He had cuts. He was swollen all over. He may have even had broken bones. Here was Paul. He had been beaten to a pulp. And here's what they did. He was so, so out of it, so unconscious. They thought he was dead and they drug him out of the street. And left him for dead. But Paul laid there for a minute. And all the disciples came around him. He didn't even say they prayed. He said the disciples gathered up around him, Kayla. And they got around him. And you know what I think he did? I think his toes started wiggling. I think he got to say it. I can't say it right now. It's in my head. I can't say it, but I'm just showing you I'm still alive. And I bet one of those disciples said, hey, 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 his foot's moving. His foot's moving. And all of a sudden, those eyes went. 
He said, let's go, guys. Let's go. He could barely walk. Listen to me. They had stoned him. They hadn't beaten him up. They had stoned him. He was near dead. He, listen, there's a whole lot of difference between my fist and a big rock, folks. And I'm talking about scars and bruises that he would never recover from. They'd be scars for life. When Dan sings about those scars that get left on you, Paul had plenty of them. And he was, listen, he was a preacher. He was God's man. Oh, Paul, don't worry. You won't have to go through anything. Paul said, you'll have to go through everything if you do it right. If you do it right, you'll have to go through this time and time again. Oh, listen to Paul says, Paul says, I'm alive. Let's go. What do you do? Did he stop? Did he say, hey, listen, we gotta, we gotta, we, we can't do this anymore. We can't preach anymore, Johnny. We can't do this anymore because I'm hurting. I'm broke. I'm beat up. My eyes are bleeding. I can't hardly see. I can't see out of this eye. Maybe Paul couldn't see because he'd been beat up so many times. Who knows why he could see? And here in the mess, he says, he says, I can't, I can't see. Hey, where's the next church? We got to go. I got to preach. Folks, let me tell you something. God's looking for people who wiggle those toes. God's looking for people who wiggle those toes. And I'm telling you, folks, it's easy to preach. It's easy to preach when they're all happy. It ain't easy to preach when they're all coming in to take care of business on that head, I can promise you. Here's the next thing. When the devil thinks he's won, size up and wiggle your toes. Whether Johnny says he's a punk, whether this whole church says he's a punk, he's a punk. But let me tell you something about the devil. He thinks he's won. He's about to have world governor across this, across this world, world government. He's about, oh, listen, they're getting plans ready. They're sitting around the table talking about how they're going to get this done and shut down this and shut down that and do this to people and all this kind of stuff. They're all planning that stuff. Devil thinks he's won. But I'm going to tell you something. If God's people would get on fire for telling people about Jesus and telling people about, no, hey, just salvation, just salvation, how you can be saved, the cross, we're sinners, we need to be saved, we need Jesus Christ. Oh, if we get on fire about that, oh, things how they would change. D.L. Moody, one of my favorite preachers, dead preacher from the 1800s, but let me tell you something, fire on fire for the Lord. D.L. Moody said this, he said one time he had a Sunday school class, he had a Sunday school class for a while, but this was young adults, young adult males, and they were 18 to 24, and all of them had come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they're all made professions of faith rather, and, and, and except for one, and he came to that one man and he said, he said, you gotta, you gotta come to know Christ, he said, I'm going west to make my fortune. He said, as soon as, I, as soon as I make my fortune, I'll be back to accept Christ. Dio said, you can't do that. You can't. You got you to gotta believe now. Maybe too late. He said, no, no, no. Well, the young man got really sick. And he went to visit him. And he said, you got you to gotta accept him. You got to believe. He said, preacher, I'm telling you, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. When I get better, I'm going west. And after I get going west, I'm coming back. I, I ain't got time for all that stuff. He said, it may be too late. Well, that boy got better. He went out west. He went out west and he made his fortune. He, 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 he made a bunch of stuff. He got, he got back and D.L. went to him again and said, you got to accept Jesus. He said, he said I'm about ready. I, I'm about ready. D.L. said, no, we got to do this. This is what it means. This is what the cross is. He said, no, we got to do this. That very night, the man's wife came knocking on D.L.'s door. He came knocking on D.L.'s door. D.L. Went, went to the door and opened it up. What's wrong? So you got to come see my husband. He's very, very sick. you got to see my husband. He said, well, well what's, what's wrong? I'll, I'll come. I'll come. He came, and he walked in the room, and that young man had gotten sick that day, and he was laying. This is D.L. Moody's story, true story. He said he was laying in the bed, and he was staring at the ceiling, and he kept saying, too late. 
too late. Too late. He went over to him and said, boy, wake up. Wake up. He got his Bible. Dio got his Bible. He started reading the Bible, started reading over him, started reading the scripture, started giving it to him, started doing everything he could. He said, he said, listen, this is how you're saved. And the man just kept staring at the ceiling, wouldn't even respond, just kept saying, too late. Too late. Too late. Till finally he closed his eyes and he died. Folks, the devil thinks he's won. The devil thinks he's, he's one with your loved one. We keep telling them, you got to come to Jesus. And they keep saying, maybe another day. Folks, we got to, well, you know what you would do? If you were, I know, I know all of you enough to know. This is what you do. If you were riding down the road down there, and heaven forbid, one of our members had driven off the road and hit a tree. You'd pull over. And you'd run out there and you'd try to help. You'd be frantic. If one of our local farmers, you got a phone call and said, tractor's on them, can you meet us here? Tractor's on them, can you meet us here? Oh, you go running. you say, yeah, I'll be there, Sammy. You just hold on. Where are you, man? I'm on my way. And we'd all get together. We'd try to pick up that tractor and get them off of it. How many of us are going to our, our friends and saying, who do you need me to pray for? Who do you need me to pray for? Who do you? It's the same frantic because what you're saving them from on this side is temporary. What you're saving them from on that side is permanent. It ought to be the same thing. He thinks he's won. Oh, friends, don't let it be too late. Don't let it be too late. I'm going to go quickly through these. Here's the thing. The, the enemy hates you to tell the truth. The enemy hates you to tell the truth. When you speak the truth, what? It sets them free. He hates that. He hates for you to see miracles. The reason he hates for you to see miracles is then you start believing. You start believing God can do some things. Oh, I've seen it happen. I've seen miracle after miracle. I've seen deliverance after deliverance. I believe God can do it. I believe God can do it. Oh, he, he hates you to see you accomplish your calling. He hates you to see you. He hates to see you accomplish your calling. Because when you have something you can do for God and you're doing it, it becomes that much more powerful. Because you're done, when you're doing it on your own for somebody else, it only has your power. When you're doing it for God, God comes in and says, I'll give you the bionic power. Folks, that excites me. How many of you remember the Dukes of Hazard? Hey, I, sometimes I feel like Roscoe Pico train. <laughs> I, I just get excited. And then here, here it is, here it is right here in the screen. He, he hates it when we accomplish our calling. He hates it when we change culture for Jesus. Notice I didn't say change the church for the unbeliever. I said he hates it when we change culture for Jesus. He hates that. He hates it. He hates when courts change, when schools change, when churches change. He hates that. Here's another thing he hates. He hates when you publicly speak about Jesus. See, the old Christians, they didn't stop. You'll be fed to the lions, so what? We'll rip you from limb to limb, so what? We'll stretch your arms and they'll pluck them off, so what? We'll burn you at the stake, so what? We'll arrest you and torture you, so what? Now all they got to do is say, We'll shut you down. The devil hates those things. When the powers of be think you're dead, not the church, when the powers of be that think you're dead, it's time to wiggle your toes. I can promise you this. There's nothing I love more than to see a church with people in it. But I'm going to promise you this too. 
I had one, one quick story. I wouldn't even plan on sharing this. I, I play, may have shared this in Sunday school. I'm not sure, but there was a time in high school where I, I was dating this girl, and there was a boy in, in, uh, in there, and he had been abusing her. And he had been abusing her physically. And so I was dating her everything. He comes by, and I had a, one of my buddies with me, and I had, she was out there and all. And, and I remember this guy came walking by, and he just stared at me. He just stared at me. Then he grabbed the bottle and he threw it against the wall. I don't know if that's supposed to intimidate me or what. He threw the bottle against the wall. I said, okay, well, this is about to go down. Suddenly, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Suddenly, about 10 of them came up and surrounded me. I got one buddy with me. I told him, I said, you take her inside and you come back. He took her inside, but he didn't come back. Who do you think I was more mad at? No, that's <laughs> I told him, I said, look, man, I'll fight you one-on-one. I said, if you think this is a, you're a man because you're going to jump on me with 10 people, that's fine. He said, I don't care about that. He said, we're just going to whip you. I said, okay. I guess that's what's going down. But then I remember this. I heard, I heard some car door slam. I looked down the hill at the school there. I looked down the hill. And there's some boys running up. And they all got around me. And they said, you can fight him by yourself. But if all of y'all jump in, we're jumping in. How many of us are ready to fight for our fellow believer? Or are we just going to go inside the gymnasium, the church, and let them fight on their own? The world thinks you're dead. The world thinks you don't have any strength or power. The world doesn't think that. But let me, let me just tell you something, folks. This is I'll end with this. But let me just tell you something. When the world thinks that, when they think you don't have anything left, when they believe that, let me promise the world something. Don't lock me up in this. Don't put me up in this. Don't put Ryan Christopher in a body bag because I can promise you something. Oh, think about this. Think about this. Oh, I get to preach it. I'm so glad I get to preach it. Hey, let me tell you something. I get the body bag. You let me, I remember Jesus. They put him in a body bag. They put him in a body bag. Day one, he's still there. Day two, he's still there. Day three, he starts wiggling those toes, praise God. And he says, he said, I still got life. I still got life. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Lock me up, beat me up, tear me down, put me down, tear me to pieces. I promise you this, I still got life. Everybody wiggle your toes, praise God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. Far better than we ever deserve. Oh, friend, this is what I pray you'll do tonight. As the musicians come and as the band comes and the singers, all of them, as they come. Tonight, I want us to praise God with all we got. But maybe tonight that visitor didn't sit down. Or maybe there's somebody in this room right now that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Friend, if that's you, you can be saved tonight. Say, Ryan, how do I do that? Friend, this is what I want you to do. We have to repent of our sins. We have to believe that he died on the cross for our sins and that he lives again. We have to ask him to come in and save our souls. So this is what I want you to do. On the other side of that camera, you happen to be on our website. You happen to be watching on on YouTube, whatever it happens to be, and you need to be saved. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer, meaning it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. 
Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Lord Jesus, I need to be saved. I need to be right with you. I need to be right with you, God. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me right with you. Help me to live for you. Help me to live for you. I want to be born again, meaning I want to finally live for you and be forgiven of my sins and completely clean. Lord, I believe you died on the cross, that you paid the penalty for me, that you paid the penalty for me. And Lord Jesus, I just ask you to save my soul. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to come see me or call the church and talk to our pastor, whoever it may be, to tell them that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you've done. Lord, help us to be the warriors we need to be. Help us to keep our toes wiggling and our bodies moving for you, God. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. As we stand, folks, listen to me. Listen to me. How many of you know you got just a little bit more you can give him? How many of you know that? I promise you, I promise you, folks, the pastors in this church will keep loving and preaching and doing the best we can. But we can't do it until our friends surround us and say, we're fighting with you. We're in this with you. We're in this with you. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.